Welcome to the Pharmacy Residency Podcast, a member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. I'm Tony Guerra, pharmacist, publisher, and professional editor, bringing you interviews and advice on succeeding in your residency journey. You can sign up for the email list at pharmacyresidencypodcast.com to get your free LOI template or get editing help working one-on-one with me at residency.teachable.com. Let's get started with the show. Hey, welcome to the Pharmacy Residency Podcast, member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. I wanted to talk to you today about supplemental essays. Uh, I do help people with supplemental essays uh, at $25 per 250 words, and I would really only use it for those places that are really, really your top choices, uh, but that you want to make sure that uh, the essay is correct. And I'm not talking about just grammar and syntax. I'm talking about, is it answering the type of question that you're being asked? And what you really want to approach these supplemental essays as is as if you're being interviewed and many of them are behavioral questions. So let's take a look at this one from University Medical Center, New Orleans. And it asks, reflect on a challenging situation, personal or professional, that required you to question your values or assumptions and utilize your knowledge and reasonings. How did you deal with the situation? What did you learn from the experience? And what this is really doing is asking you to answer the STAR interview question, which is a behavioral way of answering questions. And I'm going to show you the UNC one, which is actually very similar. Uh, here we have describe an intervention, change, or contribution that made an impact on patient care and or pharmacy practice and what you learned from the experience. Uh, that's the first one for everybody. And then they also ask, describe a personal challenge that you have faced, which you have feel has shaped you as a person. Example include a moral or ethical dilemma, a situation of personal adversity, or a hurdle in your life that you worked hard to overcome. So I'll give you a couple of examples of of types of things that you could use. Uh, But what I'll do is I'll do this on a Word document so we can kind of see what the fonts look like as well. So what is the STAR interview? Uh, The STAR interview question or way of answering the, the question is to set the situation. So you introduce the situation to set the scene and provide context. And this is the big deal here. So what, what you want to do is you want to not hurry into the solution. Okay, you're telling a story. They're asking you to tell them a story. Uh, they've got letter of intents that, you know, many of them will be very similar uh, because students tend to copy the UCSF template, the ACCP template, or the SHP template. Uh, and they don't make a significant move toward matching. So what they're asking is, all right, well, let, let's at least get started with the interview. What are the first couple questions we might ask you? And what they're really asking for is you to set the scene so that they can kind of sit back a little bit and like, oh, this is going to be a good story. Tell me about it. I like uh, Jeff Foxworthy, who is a comedian. I actually heard him. He's been around a long time. Uh, and I'll tell you how long. Uh, in 1992, he came to Gator Growl in Gainesville, Florida. And when he's joking about setting up the scene, what he uses is this phrase. So there I was, right? And if you start the scene, don't start with those words, but get in your head. So there you were. 
you know, what is a situation that would be interesting enough that as soon as you said those words, people would come in a little bit closer? Oh, what happened? Right. And, you know, I think the, the joke that Jeff Foxworthy was saying, you know, so there I was tied up to the bedpost. Reba was in her good robe, you know, and you're like, oh, boy, what's going to happen next? And that's the kind of thing that you're doing is you're really taking the time to set the scene. Come here, come here. You know, everybody get a little bit closer. It's going to be a good story. So when you're introducing the situation, you really, really want to take time to talk about setting. And now we're talking about tropes and, and my background is an English major. And so I've, I've given a couple of stories uh, before, but one is uh, my daughter came home and I needed to give her CPR and she was only three months old. And so when you talk about sounds and smells, you can talk about the baby monitor screaming like an 18 wheelers horn. And if anyone's heard those baby monitors, I mean, they are loud. Uh, and we had three baby monitors, uh, so it, it could be absolutely just deafening. Uh, and then another story that I liked was someone who uh, was at a food bank and a hungry man came coming to help his family, but food banks are not distribution centers. Food banks don't actually give food to people individually. And so that's kind of setting the situation and what it was like. Uh, also time frame, especially a ticking clock, uh, when you have a baby that stops breathing and they're turning blue, you have four minutes uh, without oxygen until you start seeing that brain damage. And uh, someone who's a health professional would know that number. Uh, and then for the, the hungry man coming to help his family, maybe he only has a day left of food. And this desperation made him drive all the way to the food bank and all he knew to do was uh, to come here. So then you want to describe the task what needed to be done and why. And so the next thing, it's gonna be really tough for me because when you give CPR to your own child, <laughs> it's uh, very difficult. Uh, you you wanna describe the task and what needed to be done and, and why. Um, and uh, for me, I needed to you know clear the airway, see if there was something there, uh, and there wasn't. Uh, I'll explain that in a little bit. Um, call for help uh, and begin to administer CPR. Uh, so I'll, I'll go through what, what happened in the action in a minute. But this is where you kind of want to be, where you're in the middle of the story. And this is called in media res. Uh, so I'll put that here at the top as you're doing the um, in the middle of the story. So you, although you're still creating the setting, you're, you're telling in the me middle of the story. And it's, it literally means into the middle of things or into the middle of the story. Um, but this is where you want to do it because you want to go right into the middle of the action. I mean, these are you know, residents that have tons and tons of applications to read. Uh, you want to make it <coughs> interesting right away. And the quickest way to do that is to not take too long in in setting the scene but also starting the scene in the middle of the action where things are happening so i wouldn't start with 
you know, I was putting the kids to bed and I set up their baby monitors and then I started watching the game and then, you know, all of a sudden, you, you actually just start with all of a sudden. Uh, that would be in the middle of the story. Uh, so the, the task to be done is to, you know, uh, but basically get the, get the child breathing again uh, is what I needed to do. Um, and then uh, get this person some food or to some food. Uh, so, you know, again, solving the problem, what needs to be done. And then comes the action that you took. So usually this is a bit of a surprise. Uh, so my action was CPR and the mistake I made. And this was really telling. Uh, so the mistake I made was doing CPR by just breathing into the mouth. And the child was so small that you know that you're supposed to breathe into the nose and mouth uh, versus nose and mouth. Okay, so that was a mistake on my part. Uh, so I, I heard very quickly it wasn't working. I could, I could hear it going through their nose. And so I blew into both. And what had happened was uh, it was um, pyloric valve stenosis. And what happens is the pyloric valve uh, is, is just too small, the, the opening is too narrow, and the food, uh, the formula was just backing up and backed up so much that it kind of went into the airway. And so by blowing in so hard that I pushed it in, it kind of had a rebound effect and allowed um, the child to, to vomit. So my daughter was able to vomit and, and get that out of her system. Um, and uh, this is where you can kind of describe what's also happening. So because I was on the floor, I, I only saw the feet of the first responders, uh, which were the police, and later uh, the uh, ambulance and EMTs. And uh, you want to put the person there. So I wouldn't say, you know, the police and the EMTs came in but rather that I, I saw their boots and I saw their, their black shoes uh, come in. Um, I never saw their faces. Uh, I just only saw, yeah, I was on the floor. So that, that's all I saw. Uh, and then with the, the person getting the food, it would be, you know, talking to a supervisor maybe to get them a day or two of food and then um, going on to, to you know, show them how the, the process works with a distribution center that might, might be near them. And the, the Greek tragedy of, of food in this country is that we have enough food. It's that it's in the wrong places. And you know, restaurants and grocery stores throw out food all the time. And uh, especially now with, with inflation, there, there should be nothing like this, um, where in the United States that people go hungry because there's so much food. Um, and then uh, the result in terms of benefits realized. So, uh, you know, this is kind of the denouement and the, the conclusion. But what you're really doing is you're kind of wrapping up the story. And so I might mention uh, the uh, surgery to correct the next day. And I, I wrote a story about this. Uh, it's a nonfiction story. And when the, the surgeon 
was just immense. Like he was just a big guy and he had really big hands. And that was something that I really, really noticed uh, because I'm thinking, okay, this child is less than 10 pounds and you're going to do surgery on the pyloric, you know, the, the surgery to correct with those, you know, big mitts there. Uh, so I focused on the hands, just I had focused on the feet when I was on the ground. But you might, you know, talk about the surgery to correct and uh, the, you know, success of the, uh, you know, child now. And now she's, uh, you know, healthy 11 year old. Um, uh, who can sometimes drive me crazy. She loves to talk. Uh, so it's just uh, kind of funny that someone who, who had trouble breathing when they were younger has absolutely no trouble uh, losing her breath now. Uh, she's a distance runner and so forth. Uh, and then in terms of the results, um, then maybe in terms of the, the food shortage thing, you know, you would educate, um, you know, more people about the food issue and how they can resolve it. Um, so uh, educating people about where do they go uh, to get the food and things like that. Okay, so that's the uh, you know intervention change contribution one. The the answer I would have, and then reflect on a challenging situation. Um, now the tough thing with UNC is that they they have two things that are both star interview and what you really want to do is this one if you want to think of is a bit more uh professional okay so this would be a business answer so something that you did at work and this one is one where you are talking about something personal that makes you more human and i think that sometimes you don't have to do this, but sometimes talking about some things that are outside of pharmacy uh, is kind of refreshing. And, you know, it might be as simple as, by the way, I'm a mountain climber. Uh, I love to, you know, uh, repel or, um, you know, maybe you play guitar or you do something interesting. Uh, that might be in there as well. Now, this is one I would probably stay away from. Uh, the second option you have is to describe the personal attribute that you are most proud of that would benefit your co-residents and colleagues at the UNC Medical Center. And it's asking for a humble brag answer. And what you would actually want to do is change this to a star interview. And I'm going to tell you why. So when you answer this, the first thing you're thinking is, oh, I would tell them something. But it would be better if you show them through a story how you exhibited that personal attribute and with this you could actually probably pull in a couple of stories so if your personal attribute uh, is service to the underserved that you could probably pull off uh, because what you're going to do is you're going to put yourself in a place where you're volunteering your time where people are are being underserved and where uh, you know, you're you're maybe even in bad neighborhoods, something like that. And then that can kind of talk about your and you wouldn't use selflessness as your as your primary thing. But what you would do is you would in some way indicate that, you know, you, you are there to help others. Um, and where you would get in trouble with this is you might say something like your leadership. 
and all of a sudden they're saying, oh, so this is a person that's going to be really hard to, you know, that's not going to be very teachable, that has to be in charge, right? And so I think this one's a little bit more dangerous. But if you can find a situation that accents your personal attribute and you can do the star interview with it, I think it would be a much better uh, choice to do it. So again, I'll help you with things like this, 25 bucks for every 250 words. And I would use this again for the, the top places that you want to apply for. Uh, just you know, kind of email me at TonyThePharmacist at gmail.com and, and tell me, you know, this is the, the one that I, these are the couple of questions that I want help with. And, you know, can you first look at my answer and then, you know, worry about grammar and syntax. And I return things mostly in you know, a day or two. So uh, this can be done relatively quickly. Uh, but I want you to just see how quickly this story kind of grabs the person and moves things through it. And again, it, it was horrible, absolutely horrible, most traumatic event in my entire life uh, to have to do CPR on my own child. But when you talk about how this works in terms of story and answering a star question, uh, the situation is that a baby monitor went off. I was there with all three of my daughters. My wife couldn't hear me screaming for her. And I set the scene by talking about, by putting them there and hearing a baby monitor go off on your own child right away that is in the middle of the story. The ticking clock and the time frame is that I only have four minutes to solve this problem and I have absolutely no help, only my training as a health professional. The task is to, you know, clear the airway, call for help, administer CPR, but really it is to get the child breathing again. And because you have no idea what happens at the end of the story, you're like, you just cannot stop reading. And it, I'm not, it's, it's lending to curiosity, a person's natural curiosity, but that's the kind of story that, that you want to put in there. And there's going to be some point where you might feel a bit uncomfortable about sharing something, but as long as it's not something that makes somebody very uncomfortable reading it in terms of like, I don't know if I would even want to interview this person, I think it's reasonable. Then the action. And yeah, you know, in some ways you're like, kind of like, I'm the hero of the story. But I tempered that by showing that I made a mistake. I did CPR because when you're taking CPR class, who thinks they're ever going to use CPR class? And I breathed into the mouth because uh, most of the, you know, they actually gave us those little things you put on the, the mouth and, and nose and and that remembering that that thing should be mouth and nose would help me remember this. And then I talked a little bit about the physics, but uh, you know, a little bit about understanding what the actual issue was. Uh, and the, the key was to keep them in the action, to keep them there, instead of saying the police came in, the EMTs came in, to talk about what you saw from your point of view. So I was on the ground and all I saw were feet and the vomit and uh, the color coming back in her face that's all i saw so that part of the action is, is key uh, to continue the description rather than just telling them what happened 
And then wrapping up the story is where, okay, you can breathe now. Uh, we did surgery to correct the next day. Uh, you know, the child was on a stretcher and you, you imagine a baby on a full-size stretcher and you just, you know, the, the visual there. And um, yeah, I, I didn't go in the ambulance. My wife went in the ambulance with her. Uh, but just that, you know, that the child is is now ending it with some humor, actually, to uh, kind of relieve the tension is actually a very good thing. And just to kind of talk a little bit about how she just will not shut up. <laughs> she talks all the time and she's such an extrovert that, you know, her introvert sister just like, just stop talking, just stop talking. And it's funny scary sad but it's all those emotions and the 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 kind of take home is that you you want someone who is going to uh say at the end of this whole story wow i, I really want to talk to this person i really want another story i really want to hear one more thing i want to ask them a question that's going to give me another story and i'm going to be able to you know stop listening to this uh, i want to express my deep interest and it was a pleasure to meet your residents and and to actually find someone genuinely telling me what it is uh, that they want to do and, and how they want to do it and it's just a good storyteller uh so yes can you get an interview based on one of these absolutely uh, and, and I think that, that that's what they're begging for, these, these poor residents who's reading these uh, dozens and dozens of applications. So, again, TonyThePharmacist at gmail.com if you want to talk to me about help with supplemental essays. Again, my letter of intent, residency.teachable.com. That's kind of what I do the most. But uh, you want to make sure these match. The last thing you want to do is, is have excellent writing in your letter of intent because maybe you did it in a class, maybe you got help with me, or maybe you you know, the, used a template or something. And then all of a sudden you look like a terrible writer because you've just kind of put together this supplemental essay, which in many ways, the residents and the RPD who are reading this, they look forward to these much more than anything else in the application because these are a lot of times people really let their humanity show and really are so genuine in these stories. And this is where you really pull at their heartstrings. And if you think of logos, pathos, and ethos, uh, this is really uh, where you're talking about the pathos, where you've got that feeling uh, and emotion that's in the rhetorical argument that you should be interviewed. So, all right, well, I went a little bit long on that, but again, uh, you know, you don't have to have saved a life, uh, but it needs to be the kind of story that would draw people in, that people would come closer to, to want to hear. So TonyThePharmacist at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to the Pharmacy Residency Podcast, a member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. You might also like to check out our available residency audiobooks at PharmacyResidencyPodcast.com forward slash books, where you can get your first book free if you've never been on Audible before, or work one-on-one -on -one with me as a professional editor at Residency.Teachable.com. Feel free to send an invite to connect with me, Tony PharmD, on LinkedIn, or email me at TonyThePharmacist at gmail.com with questions. Music was by Policy.